Hello, and welcome to City Hope Church. Today, Pastor Peter will be starting part one, titled In the Beginning, of his sermon series, A Short History of Everything. Awesome, let's pray. Father, we just thank you as we open the word this morning. God, that you would uh, speak to us. Father, teach us, give us revelation, Father, about the history of your word. And Father, that the richness, Father, of the stories, Lord, in the Bible. Father, we pray that you would help us this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Fantastic. We go to the first image, that would be great. Oh, the next one. Wonderful. Fantastic. As I said, I love the Bible, and uh, you may wonder, some people wonder how the Bible got together. How did it all kind of come together? There's uh, 39 chapters in the Old Testament, there's 27 chapters in the New Testament, and by the time that Jesus walked the earth, the Old Testament had been assembled. It was known as the Hebrew Bible. And so Jesus uh, Jesus read out of Isaiah. Uh, Jesus read out of Psalms. Uh, he quoted scripture. The devil quoted scripture back to him. And so the Hebrew Bible, the Old Testament, uh, was, was pretty much assembled by the time that Jesus walked the earth. Once Jesus died and uh, and, and rose again and then he, he left, uh, over the next 70 or so years, there were first-hand accounts and second-hand accounts of Jesus and the life of Jesus, that uh, as the churches were starting to be developed, letters were written to the churches, letters were written to uh, to church leaders, uh, Revelation was written down, which is the book of Revelation, and, and so that there's all these, these letters and, and, and kind of uh, prophecies and, and stuff flying around and being taken to different churches. And so there was a guy called Jerome who started to put the 27 books of the New Testament together. And then uh, they had a council of Nicaea in 325 AD after Jesus 325. And the council of Nicaea was the first uh, person that worked with Jerome that, that kind of put the, the canon together, the canon as in the scriptures. And uh, this was then uh, looked at again at the, the Council of Constantinople in 381 AD, so about 60 years later. And the Bible we now hold in our hands is a combination of the Hebrew Bible and the, 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 the work of Jerome, the Council of Nicaea and the Council of Constantinople in that, in that 300s uh, period of time. And uh, there, there are some books that were left out. There are some books that uh, some people say shouldn't have been in the Bible. For instance, Esther, because it doesn't mention the word God. Uh, some people don't think the book of James should be in the, in the book either, in the Bible. Uh, and, and, but what we've got is, is pretty much, oh, well, not pretty much, it is the, the Council of Nicaea and Constantinople, the work of Jerome, and uh, it, there's, there's, there's confidence in, in, I think, in the Bible as it's put together uh, now with the 66 books. I love reading the Bible and I love reading deeply into the Bible. I love researching deeply in the Bible. I've been reading the Bible now uh, well, God, since I was five. I'm now 49. I was going to say 39. I just completed a decade of my life. Uh, I'm 49. But I, I love looking at the Word and then going deeper. Now I'm going to mess with your head just for a minute, okay? Just to give you some examples. And when we read our Bible, uh, and we can read it and we can read over it, but then we can read and we can read deeper and go deeper into the Scriptures. For instance, here's just a thought. Now this is just a theory. Now you've got to hear me, right? I'm just throwing this out there to give you an example. Genesis 1, 1 says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1, 2 says, And the earth was without form and void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. We read that and go, great, thank you, let's move on to Genesis 1, 3. And God said, let there be light, and there was light. And God saw that it was good, and he goes through creation. Let's stop for a minute. 
Genesis 1.1 says, in the, beginning, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Genesis 1.2 says, and the, wor- and, the word, uh, and the world was without form and void. And the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. But hang on, what happened? God created the heavens and the earth, but now it's without form and void. And the Hebrew, where it says, and the world, and the world was without form and void, that form and void, the word there says become. So if you read it in the Hebrew, the literal Hebrew, it says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, and the world became without form and void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. Now, there's a theory, and it's a theory, and it doesn't change anything, so everybody relax, I'm not going down some weird theological cult pathway, but just, just play with, let me play with your brain for a minute. There's a theory that there was a race of beings between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2. We call them the Preanimites. Okay? And what the theory is, is that Lucifer, as the, as the music director of heaven, was actually stationed here on earth, and earth was actually the worship center of heaven. And so, I, the, 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 my, uh, sorry, Lucifer was here with, with a multitude of angels, and they worshipped heaven. And so what happened was, you see in the scriptures in Isaiah and Jeremiah, where the devil says, uh, the, 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 uh, sorry, where the, the scriptures say, that the devil said, I will ascend, doesn't say from earth, but I will ascend to heaven, to the throne room of God, and I will take on God, because I need to be worshipped. And so the Bible records that, and then Jesus said that he saw Satan fall like lightning to earth. And so the theory is, and it's just a theory that I like kind of going down the rabbit hole, followed by rabbit. The theory is that there was this race of, of beings that, that, that were, were four, now fallen angels and the devil. And possibly, possibly, this is where dinosaurs fit into the equation. Because there's this race of beings, and, and I don't know what the world looked like. I mean, it looked, it looked like the, 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 the land out of Avatar, for all we know, and these wild creatures called dinosaurs walked the earth. And then what happened was, God destroyed the world with a flood in the war that happened where he defeated the devil, and the world was destroyed by flood. Now, the world could have sat in that stage for 100 million years. And then God said, and so Genesis 1-2 then happens, the Spirit of God hovered over the waters. And hundred million years, or a million years, or the next day, I don't know, God said, let there be light, and he made man. Now, here, let me mess with you further. When God says to Adam and Eve, he says, go, go and be fruitful and multiply, the Hebrew word is actually, go and replenish the earth. Well, you can't replenish something for the first time. Now, I look at that and I go, because why, why then does, does the devil seem to have, have some sort of dominion over the earth? And why did God say, I've given you dominion, but then God sinned, uh, Adam and Eve sinned, and the dominion goes back to the devil? Is it because the devil was the original owner of earth? Is that why he fights? Is that why he hates humanity so much? Because potentially we were maybe his replacement. Oh, there's enough messing with your heads. <laughs> I could preach for a couple of weeks on that, but I'm not going to. Because ultimately, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter. Okay, it doesn't matter. But what I'm, I'm, what I'm saying is it's good sometimes to, to read the Word of God deeply. And, and not to go down down weird theological path, but to understand. Because to me, to me, like the dinosaur thing, I go, well, where do dinosaurs fit in? But then I go, hang on, that's, that's a potential theory. So, so we're talking about the scriptures, and, and, and uh, if we go to the next slide, that would be great. Wonderful. Is that the first slide? Go, no, go, go right back. Go right back. Right back. In the beginning. Okay, go to the next slide. 
Wonderful, great. So, where, where, did, where did the Bible take place? That's a really, really great question. Where did, where did the Bible actually happen? Now, we, we've got maps in the back of our Bibles, if you're, if you're retro and you all, all own a real Bible, I mean a, a physical Bible, there's maps in here that look like this. Now, I remember growing up with maps like that. You know, that tells me nothing. Um, so, if we go to the next... Actually, before we go that, go back. Can we play that video? There's a video uh, Jimmy Kimmel uh, asks Americans to name a country on a map. Any country. Any country. Let's watch the screen for a bit. I don't know if this will be educational, but uh, the president is overseas. He's visiting Belgium, England, Scotland, and then his pal Putin in Finland. It's a big trip with many important ramifications. It's imperative that America has strong relationships with and the knowledge about people in other lands. And that responsibility extends to all of us, not just the president. So we came up with a test. The test is very simple. When on the street, we ask people who are passing by to name a country on a map. That's it. We had a map, we said name a country, any country, <laughs> and here's how that went. Bible takes place. 
Okay, so here's, here's a few thoughts for you. When Abraham was a young boy, Terah was his father, and God said to Terah, get up out of the land of the Ur of the Chaldees and go up to the promised land. So the Ur of the Chaldees is here, and the Tigris Euphrates River run up, this is the floodplain, and Terah camped here until he died, and then Abraham said, or God said, get out from your descendants, or your, sorry, get out from your relatives and go across to Canaan. So this is the land of Canaan here. So that's all where that took place, that Israel, Syria is here, Jordan is here, the Jordan River runs down here. Then What's this nation here? Egypt. Egypt, good. This is the Red Sea here. This is the land of Goshen. For people who know the Bible, we know that uh, Joseph and his family settled the land of Goshen. Then they were in Egypt for 400 years. Then they got out, they go across the Red Sea, then they wandered in the wilderness. Right here is Sinai, Mount Sinai. This is the land of the wilderness. And then the Jordan River, they were crossed here to go into the land of Canaan. Now, what country is the Garden of Eden in? Is that alright? Alright, you, you guys get a bonus for a frog today lunchtime. So the Tigris Euphrates River run down here. This is Iraq. So we got Jordan here, Iraq here, Iran here, Syria here, and Israel here, Egypt. And so the Tigris Euphrates and Euphrates River run up here. The Bible records that in the uh, Garden of Eden there were four rivers. Uh, one there's like a square word, so I'm going to say. The other is uh, Gershon, Tigris Euphrates, and uh, the Tigris and the Euphrates. And so because the Tigris Euphrates River run down here, we know somewhere here is the uh, is the Garden of Eden, which obviously isn't there anymore. So that's the whole Bible land. Go, go to the next photo. Okay, so now we can land on our charts. Now, the, the time period between Adam, so Adam, Adam and Eve here, this is the creation. The time period between Adam and Eve and Abraham is about 2,000 years. And then the period between Abraham and to the end of the, well, to, to, to Jesus is another 2,000 years, and then from Jesus to us is another 2,000 years. So the Bible has a record, record of about 6,000 years of human history. Go to the next photo. We're going to flip these through fairly quickly. Now, the, the, the Old Testament is broken up into, into periods. And so the first period is the Pentateuch, which is the first Bible, which is the Bible. If you were a young Jewish man by the age of 13, you would be able to recite Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, and you would just be able to recite that word for word in perfect Hebrew. And so this is the, the, the Pentateuch or the Torah. Go to the next photo. Then we go into the historical books, uh, which is books like Judges, Ruth, Samuel, Samuel, Kings, Kings, Joshua, and go through, and then over here, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. They are stories, historical stories, stories about kings, stories about uh, the book of Esther, the, the, the rise and fall of, uh, of, of the king there. Uh, Judges is about the, 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 the judgment era of, oh, uh, yeah, the Judges era of uh, the kingdom of, uh, sorry, of Israel. Gather this photo. Then we have the wisdom books, which is Job, Proverbs, Song of Solomon, and Ecclesiastes. And the next one, to go to the next one, is the major and minor prophets. Now, the major and minor prophets are not called major and minor based on whether they wrote good stuff or bad stuff. They're called major because they wrote a lot. The minor prophets are small books, the major prophets are big books. That's the only reason they're called major and minor prophets. Uh, if we go to the next slide. So this is this is a timeline. I thought this was a good picture. You might not be able to see it completely, but this is a, this is a, a timeline of all the people that that 
lived because they all lived long in, in Bible times. And so uh, we can see Adam lived there 800 years, uh, and you can see that, that Adam went all the way down through for the 2,000 years until Abraham was born 2,000 years later. So that's how we get and understand that there was 2,000 years between creation and the birth of, of Abraham. Go to the next photo. I thought this was a brilliant graph. It's a little bit hard to forget. But the timeline down the bottom is about 4,200 BC up to 200 AD. Uh, so you're looking at about 4,500 years. And, and I, I like this graph because it shows you when the Bible happened, like the history of the Bible, when the Bible actually happened. And so you've got this whole space uh, in Genesis where there's, there's not a lot of record except people being born and, and but not a lot of stories. And then you get into then the, the Abraham, Isaac and Jacob story. And we know that then there was Joseph, the, again, I mentioned earlier, the 12 tribes that became the nation of Israel. And then the rest of the story kind of from, from Joshua on is the story of this nation of, of Israel that God favors and looks after right through down until we get to Matthew. But you can kind of see that, that so from, from really Exodus, which is about uh, 1600 BC, to Malachi is about 1600 years. So it's a relatively short space of time that the Bible, the Old Testament happens in. And then we can see here in, in like the New Testament, all happens within a hundred year period. And so about, by about, um, well, by 380, the Bible was put together and, and, and we're now 1700 or 1600 years post, uh, post that. But I, I thought that was an interesting graph. Go to the next screen. So, what I want to do quickly now is, I mean, we read, we, we go through the Old Testament, and the Old Testament's actually not written in chronological time. But this here, this graph here, is, is a chronological, what actually happened over that, that 4,000 years. And so I want to, I've put the scriptures, and we'll just flick through these fairly quickly. I've put the scriptures of, of what, what books in the Bible actually cover what, what periods and what stories. So you've got the first five, go to the next one, Paul. Uh, you've got Joshua and Judges in, in this era of, of the conquest of Canaan. Once they, uh, once they were in Canaan, then they had to have a leader of the nation. God wanted them to have judges. And so they went through judges and they had people like Samuel, people like Deborah, people like Eli. They were, they were oh, sorry, Eli was a priest, not a judge. Um, but, but, but they had judges instead of kings. And so that's that, that period there. Then they went into the, the, the king period. And in this king period, they, they basically looked around at the other nations and they said, hey, we, we, want, we, want, to be, we want to have a king like every other nation. And God said, you don't want a king because they're going to attack you, they're going to make you go to war, and they're going to do all this stuff. And, and God said, you really don't want a king. Stay with the judges. And the nation of Israel said, no, we want a king. And so they went into this uh, king period. Uh, that's the wisdom period. Go to the next one. And so they, these are all the, 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 the king period now. You've got, see, you can see there, uh, Israel, Judah. But you can see the books that are relevant to these particular uh, particular periods. Go to the next one, Paula. Uh, these are the stories of the, the king period and then and then the conquest. So what actually happened? Oh, I'll tell that story later when we get to it. Go to the next one. And then the last one, you've got these uh, Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther. Uh, when the nation of Israel was in conquest, because ultimately uh, the nation of, of Israel split up into two, two uh, kingdoms. Uh, Israel was obliterated off the map, and then you had Judah, and then Judah was taken captive uh, by Babylon for seven years. You've got the story then of, of Esther, Nehemiah, Haggai, that's all in that conquest period. Okay, go to the next slide. Oh, I forget, I'll go to the next one. 
amount of time. So, now I want to quickly, in, in, I'm just going to go about five minutes over time, I want to quickly run through the stories, the, the major stories that we know in the Bible, and when did they happen in this time period? So we know that Cain kills Abel, brothers, and uh, they, one got jealous of the other, so this is record, the first recorded murder uh, in, in the Bible, Cain kills Abel, it happens right at the start there. Uh, go to the next one. Uh, Noah's Ark, we know the story, so what happened was quickly, uh, God was, was regretful that he made man, so he was going to destroy man. Now, here's an interesting thing. At the end of Noah's Ark, God puts a rainbow in the sky and says, I promise to never destroy the earth with a flood again. Now, that's nice, but if we go back to the pre-Adamite theory, that God had already destroyed the, the earth one time with the Luciferian flood. He's done it once, now he's done it again with, with Noah and, and, and wiped out the people. The fact that God says, hey, I'm not gonna ever do it again, because there's a pattern established, he's already done it twice. So the promise is actually a bigger promise yeah. uh, than, than, than what it was if he's only done it once. So that's an interesting story. Uh, go to the next one. So then Abraham's born. So you've got Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, and we know Abraham was asked by God to sacrifice Isaac. Uh, he, he went to do that, then they found a substitutionary lamb. It was a type of Christ, and so he, uh, he didn't actually sacrifice Isaac. Uh, and then, of course, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then Jacob had 12 sons. One of them was Joseph. Joseph wasn't liked by the other 11, and so they, they wanted to sell him into slavery, which they did. Uh, and Joseph had a uh, technical uh, dream code, and ultimately, uh, so it would be a long story, but ultimately they end up, the whole 12 brothers end up living in, in Egypt. And they live in Egypt in quite good uh, uh, surroundings, uh, but then uh, Pharaoh comes and doesn't like them and so puts them into slavery. They've been slavery for 400 years. And then if you go to the next one, uh, after that, uh, there's all the plagues of Egypt. God releases them, the Pharaoh ultimately releases them because uh, God does these 10 plagues and then they cross the Red Sea and go into the wilderness. Go to the next one. Uh, then at, uh, when they're in the wilderness, they go on to, Moses goes up to the mountain, Mount Sinai gets the Ten Commandments. While he's up there, they worship a golden calf. Uh, God gets upset. Uh, Moses comes down, breaks the Ten Commandments, which is the first time tablets were dropped and broken. Uh, that was a joke. That was a good one. That's an iPad joke, that one. Okay. Uh, keep going. Uh, and then, so then after 40 years, they have to walk in the wilderness for 40 years. And after 40 years, they eventually get to go into the promised land. And so you've got this, the, the right across the river from the Jordan River is a place called Jericho. And they have to conquer the Jericho, and that's the story of Rahab, the prostitute. And they walk around Jericho for seven days, and then the walls fall down. And then they go and they conquest. And they, that's the start of the conquest of Canaan. Now, go to the next story. Now, this is a good one. This is a good story. I'm going to land here for a minute. God says to, to, Joshua, uh, to Joshua, don't make any covenants with any of the, the enemies of the land. Like you've got to just wipe them all out and destroy them all. It's a bit bloodthirsty, it's a cheap, it's, a, it's an MA rated story. Wipe them all out. So there's, there's some people called the Gibeonites that hear that Joshua and the children of Israel are in the land and the Gibeonites just live on the other side of, of, of the mountain. And it'd be like if we were here in Lee, they live at Pippermark. And so the people of our people are scared of the, ch the children of Israel, and so what they do is they dress up in really old clothing, and they get their oldest pair of sandals, and they put their sandals on, they get their oldest wineskins, and they, they walk 
from Pimmo and Ben Lee, and they walk into the camp of Joshua, and they're on their hands and knees, and they're like, they're thirsty, they haven't eaten, and they say to Joshua, we have travelled many, many months to get here, and we, we, we live far, far away, like we live way down like a Ballina, and we want to, please don't kill us because we live so far away, and so we want to make a covenant with you. And so Joshua doesn't even ask why. Joshua goes, okay, that sounds like a great idea. You live down in Ballina. God said, just don't make any covenants kind of nearby. And so he makes a covenant. He says, we will always protect you. It's a contract. We will always protect you. God will protect you. We're all good. And as they walk out of the camp, they go, ha-ha, gotcha. We live in Pippermark. And so they, they go back to Pippermark, which was just on the other side of where the camp was. And what happens then is the other nations around the Gibeonites heard of what the Gibeonites had done and were so ticked, they said, we're going to wipe out the Gibeonites. And so they put all their armies together and they go against the Gibeonites. The Gibeonites send an email to Joshua saying, we're under attack. Haha, we have a covenant. You need to come and protect us. So Joshua then says, I'm going to I'm really sorry I've stuffed up. Uh, do some stuff. And so the Bible records, and the Bible says that God rained down hailstones, large hailstones, and large hailstones on the enemies of the Gibeonites. Now this amazes me because it shows the power of the covenant-keeping God. Because God actually said to wipe out the Gibeonites, but now there's a contract, there's a covenant, and so he wipes out the enemies of the Gibeonites with large hailstones. Now, sometimes I read the Bible, and I start picturing what that actually looked like. So I've got a little illustration here this morning that we're, going to, we're just going to have a little bit of fun with and we'll finish with this probably. So I got to thinking. Now, my... Yeah, probably just... Can, actually, just... Uh, just careful, careful, careful. Right, careful. Now, when I, was, when I was young, when I was a teenager, we had a really, really bad hailstorm at my parents' place. I've got some photos. Can we put the photos up? This is my parents' place. This is hail, not snow. And it just damaged, keep, keep flicking through the photos. Just like, just massive, massive hail. It got, you can see all the, all the, the foliage was ripped off and it was, it was eerie. It was just like, that was all vines that covered the driveway and it was just really, really just, just amazing. But I'm going to digress for a minute. Parenthesis. While I was looking for these old photos, I found this photo of my father, and he used to drive cement trucks, and this was a truck crash that he had when I was 14, and he should have been killed. The truck rolled over, he's carrying a full load of concrete, rolled over and smashed into the subway, picked it into a, like a rock wall, and you can see the cabin was all smashed, and he had a bit of bruising on his face, but apart from that, he was, he was completely okay. And I remember the front page of the Picton News said, miracle in the subway, and the whole front page just preached Christ, and the miraculous found us my dad, and I thought that was just a great testimony, so that was a bonus story. Okay. <laughs> okay. So, we're talking about the Gibeonites, and so I got to thinking, I got to thinking, what constitutes a big hailstone? And so I thought I would make some. Now, the hailstones at my parents' place were about that big, about the size of a golf ball. And they did so much damage. But I'm thinking if God's going to rain down hailstones on the enemies of the Gibeonites, that's probably not big enough. And so then I thought, maybe oh, that would be a big hailstone. I've seen hailstones like that in the news. That's a pretty big hailstone. Then I thought, no, no, that wouldn't be right. Then I thought, I got, and, and then I got really excited. And I thought, no, no, let's make some big hailstones, right? And I thought, no, that's not a hailstone. So then I thought, 
a gentleman of God, and they, these media here are the enemies of the Gibeonites. And God's bringing their large hailstones from heaven like this. But, but I don't know why. Like, there were some men standing, right? So God had other hailstones. I guarantee you'll never forget this story, right? Thanks for listening. Join us next week as Pastor Peter continues his sermon series, A Short History of Everything.